0: I think I'm on. <laughs> Good morning. Um, I'm really happy to be able to share my testimony today. Um, it's really meaningful to me to be able to, to share it. Um, it's been quite a intense two months and you guys are like family to me so I'm happy to share it. So um, I used to think that a testimony had to be spectacular or that a story had to be wrapped up in a nice little bow before it could be shared. That's the type of stories that become popular or are held up as examples for others. So when I think of sharing my testimony, which I really wanted to do, but I know my story is not finished. But if we wait until it's neat and tidy, we'll wait forever. (laughs) So this is my story. Um, My parents were both, saved from French Catholic homes in Quebec and were in full-time ministry my entire life. They did not have an example of how to raise a Christian family. And by the time I was a teenager, um, we got sucked into a Christian cult. It promised a godly family by providing all the biblical principles to follow. Follow these biblical principles and you're guaranteed a godly family. I remember a distinct before and after in our family, before and after of when we joined the cult. My family changed a lot, and it wasn't for the better. I was the perfect child, not rebellious, during all the mission trips, teaching Sunday school, being the first in our family to be baptized. I took my dad's vision, his dream of being a missionary in Africa, which they were for two years when I was little, and I carried it forward. I was their pride. I aimed to spend my life in ministry, so I eventually went to Bible school and graduated with a two-year diploma and very good grades. It can be a bit of an overachiever, so for the Bible memory course, I got over a hundred percent. I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> um, Met Josiah at Bible school. <laughs> uh, so by the time we got married, which is 16 years ago now, something started to unravel. The rules that dictated for godly living didn't fit the messiness of my life. I left home when I got married and I had nightmares for a long time from family problems. I couldn't see Josiah reading his Bible without feeling instant and intense rejection. For a while, I couldn't even go to church. I did a bit of counseling here at the church with Caring for the Heart when they came up. And um, I made some progress in seeing Jesus during one of the most painful experiences with my family of origin. Then life got busy as I added baby after baby, after baby, after baby, after baby, (laughs) baby, (laughs) and pushed towards the goal of full time missionary work because isn't that the Christian ideal? We moved. I failed as missionary in Africa because of my health, came back with trauma and basically shut down. I stopped trying because I was tired of getting back up over and over. Suicidal ideation became a norm in my thinking. I wanted us all to die together and be done with this life. Anxiety and depression took deep roots. What do we do when life is messy? When there's layers and layers of trauma When the doctor refuses to give you meds to cope, so you spend weeks in bed. When finances are so difficult that even just buying groceries starts anxiety attacks. When you're living your life dream, mission work, but it's dark and lonely. When you're told by the counselor that you have situational depression and his debriefing says, you're handling it well, go on your way. (laughs) You shut down, I shut down, it's a survival instinct. Eventually, we realized that our life was not working and we were strong enough to decide to leave, despite most not understanding or agreeing or even supporting our decision. We knew it was right. We left our dream home that we had fully renovated in Quebec. We left our job, ministry, and moved back here to Red Lake, which is home to us. By then, both of our families of origin had fallen apart and we were living, going through what felt like hell, No longer having high expectations of ourselves for the missionary work, finally having financial security for the first time in seven years, I was able to be honest with myself about what had happened and to start processing. That is, I sat on the counselor's couch and I sobbed because everything was too much. I started anxiety medication, which helped calm my nervous system enough to be able to start establishing a sense of security. After being back in Red Lake for three months, I read a book on Christian forgiveness. It was a very different approach than I had been taught, and yet it was fully supported by Bible verses. It made a lot more sense to me than how I was taught to forgive, which was basically forgive and forget, 70 times seven. But seeing the Bible used to support such a different approach made me realize that the Bible can be used to support whatever view one wants to have, you can pick and choose verses, you can pull some out of context, make it sound biblical, and boom, you've sold your view to all those who want easy answers to life's messy ways. It was an instant switch for me, that if the Bible can be used to say whatever one wants to say, then it can't be trusted, and I was done with it. I no longer believe the Bible. And if one doesn't believe the Bible, then one is no longer a Christian, nor believes in Jesus. You're all in or all out, that's what I've been taught, taught, because being lukewarm is worse than being an unbeliever. I couldn't be all in the way I was taught to be all in, so I was all out. And just like that, I was done. I felt free at the moment. I wasn't tied to the rules of the Bible anymore. Don't do anything on Sunday, don't eat pork, dress only a certain way, have all the children God gives you, Focus on heaven and only put up with life on earth. Hate Halloween. Everything that goes wrong is spiritual attack or because God is trying to get your attention or punish you. Homeschool your kids. Keep them ignorant of the world because we're in it but not of it. Believe in a literal six day creation. Don't cut your hair. Keep your hair short. Obey your father and mother even when you're an adult don't drink, don't dance, don't swear, don't use any word that sound like a swear, don't show anger, be sweet, smile, pretending all is good all the time because God is good. Hallelujah, the end. <laughs> you shut down your emotions because those are of the devil and you can't trust yourself since you're inherently evil. So that felt like freedom. <laughs> I started deconstructing every aspect of my life. I read so many books. I saw the ridiculousness of so many of the things that I was taught and accepted as gospel truth. I was also very angry. I regularly thought that I should feel very free now that I had shed religion, Jesus, and all those rules and expectations, and yet I wasn't. I wanted to say that I was so much happier, and yet I wasn't. I wanted to be done with finding things triggering, but my body would shut down over and over from religious dogma triggers. Just as I left religion, the Bible, God, all very quickly, after 16 months of deconstructing my faith, deconstructing my religion, Jesus came and flipped that switch again. I started reading books on the Bible and different ways that it can be interpreted. And how it's not a perfect book, on how there are man prints all over it, on how it's a collection of ancient texts that are not meant to be a rule book, but to point us to God. God put a yearning in my heart for sacraments. I imagine God's thumbprint on my forehead, claiming me as his own. I imagine God baptizing me into a new life. I felt a deep need for communion, I felt a deep need to worship God. But I still didn't believe. (laughs) I thought of that common orthodox statement that says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I couldn't say this because I didn't believe, but I found myself saying, help my unbelief. One night I was awake at 3 a.m., thanks to kids, (laughs) and I went on, the need for worship was so strong, so I went on Grace Live's Facebook page and I started listening to worship music. The first song It was living hope. It says, how great the chasm that lay between us. There was a big chasm in my life. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. I was hearing this song at 3 a.m. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. Darkness had been on me for years. The work is finished. The end is written. Is it? Is the end written? Jesus Christ, my living hope. I really need hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The king of kings calls me his own. His own? I was thinking about that strong image God had given me of his thumbprint on my forehead. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. I was thinking, I want to be, but I don't believe. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. The darkness that I feel is a grip of death. You broke every chain. There's a lot of chains in my life. There's salvation in your name helped my unbelief. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise listening to that and I am starting to feel anticipation inside. It's about 4 a.m. now. What will the morning hold? Your body, buried body began to breathe. My body is beginning to breathe. Life. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. No claim? Thinking of depression and anxiety and Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. I sobbed and I sobbed and I listened to the song over and over again. And then I kept going. The next song that they played was To the river I am going, bringing sins I cannot bear. My sins are my burdens, my burdens of life. Come and cleanse me. Come forgive me. Lord, I need to meet you there. I was thinking, I need you, Jesus, but I don't know if I believe. In these waters, healing mercy flows with freedom from despair. Freedom from despair. I know despair. I am going to that river. Lord, I need to meet you there. Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. I don't know if I am ready, but I want to. Take my hand now, lead me closer. I need to meet you there. Come and join me in the river. Come find life beyond compare. He is calling, He is waiting. Jesus longs to meet you there. Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. Take my hand now, lead me closer. Lord, I need to meet you there. I kept sobbing and listening to that song several times. The next song had a sentence. It says, lost and foolish, off I strayed. But yet in love he sought me. And on his shoulders gently laid. And home rejoicing brought me. And I thought, Jesus accepts me and loves me and is kind no matter what I do. It's unconditional, not like my family's love. By Jesus' love, I'm accepted. You're a good and gracious king. I am your child and your friend. Not just your child, but a friend. After these songs, I surprised myself with wanting to listen to a sermon, which was really odd at the time. (laughs) I scrolled until I found one by Keith. His sermon happened to be on the prodigal son. (laughs) It wasn't the typical prodigal son sermon that I'd heard countless times. I can't actually remember what it was because I don't remember the words, but I just remember the feeling that he was preaching at me. God used that sermon to continue his work in my heart. At the end, Keith said, How quickly does Jesus get to me when I turn to him? The answer is right away. He thankfully repeated it several times because I was just sobbing and sobbing and thinking, Can Jesus really be there for me? Is Jesus really there for me? I continued saying, help my unbelief. My brain was fighting my heart. My brain was saying, this is all brainwashing and made up religion, and yet my heart was being touched in a way it never had before. A few hours later, I was driving on my way to Keith and Jenny's house for a meeting I had arranged previously. We had met five days prior, to talk and we talked about how agnostic i was and how i got there i had felt the need to meet with keith for months and i kept pushing it away because why would i meet with him keith was my first pastor who wasn't my dad and and i was an agnostic so why would i subject myself to that voluntarily <laughs> but that nagging thought to meet with him continued so i invited their family over for supper they didn't know that it was a test to see if we still got along in my agnosticism and their Christianity. I don't think I fully knew that either. <laughs> but we had a good time so the next day I texted and asked if we could meet. Keith is kind, he was not pushing me back to church, but wanted me to know that I was loved and cared for and that is not something I was used to hearing. So here we're meeting again only five days after talking about how agnostic I was. Except Jesus had met me, I think. My heart and my brain were fighting. I barely made it to their house without vomiting. This whole experience has been very physical along with the emotional and spiritual. I stumbled my way through trying to express what had happened in the last few hours (laughs) of the night. Um, It was so fresh, and I was so nervous because saying it out loud... Makes it more real. Was I really doing this? Keith was very affirming, and he could tell that I had been touched by Jesus. My need for sacraments was still very strong. In Quebec, we had attended an Anglican church, and God definitely used these more orthodox ways to meet with me. I asked Keith if he would anoint me in my own belief. I still couldn't say that I believed. I only said, Help my own belief. got Jenny who was shocked at this turn of event to say the least. (laughs) We talked and we sobbed and then they anointed me. I had not said how I kept envisioning God's thumbprint on my forehead claiming me as his own and when Jenny put her thumb on my forehead on that same spot while she was praying and anointing me I just sobbed. I didn't tell them until a couple weeks later but that was an extremely touching moment. The prayers broke chains in me that needed to be broken. It was a very holy moment and I didn't want it to end. Over the next few days my heart and my brain fought hard. I mumbled through the days help my own belief, help my own belief. I played worship music a lot, trying to drown out my doubts, my fighting brain. I kept reading books. I felt an unsaturable thirst for more, to know more. I got a new Bible translation and decided to give it a try. I had not been able to read more than a few verses in the Bible for a decade and a half. Every part of the Bible was loaded with rejection, rules, and bad memories. I guess one can't spend a childhood with hours a day in family Bible study without baggage getting attached to every part of it. We were told what to look for in the Bible. Each month a different focus. We found what we were told to look for. We made the Bible say what we were taught to make it say. So I challenged myself to read the Bible with a blank mind and simply listen to the stories. Not read it looking for rules. Simply listen to the stories. It was a challenge, but I couldn't stop. I read and listened through the entire Bible in two weeks. (laughs) I couldn't get enough. Hearing the entire Bible in such a short amount of time was very helpful in connecting stories, seeing similarities, differences, and letting it speak for itself. Josiah asked me what I learned from it after I finished, and I said, nothing. My purpose was simply to listen to the stories. But then I realized that it wasn't true that I learned nothing. God's word doesn't come back empty-handed when it's read with a desire for it. Slowly, yet quickly, I felt myself changed, and I realized before too long that I could actually say the entire thing, Lord, I believe, help my own belief. I kept reading, 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 I couldn't get enough, book after book, searching for Sunday, eager to love, everything is spiritual, the Bible tells me so, reimagining the way you relate to God, the end of religion, a church called Tove, which means good, and many more. <laughs> Jesus used a lot of mental images during this time. It started off with a tiny seedling that one night that changed my life. (laughs) Keith said, remember, seedlings grow fast. I didn't believe him, but he was right. (laughs) Soon, my mental picture had a seedling with one tiny root. After a while, I sat in church here, and there was a wall hanging here that showed a big tree with um, a bit of a smaller root system, and I thought, that's not right. My tree is tiny with a big root system, growing root system. But the following Sunday, I could agree more with a picture. (laughs) Um, My tree was growing. I read something that struck a chord. It said, from seed to plant to tree to home for other living things. And that's my motto. That's me. That's what I want to be. And that's what I feel happening in me. A little while ago, I woke up with such a deep love for Jesus' church, his church, you. I can't explain it, but the love is so deep, and I feel him working within, nudging me to speak more. I don't know what all it means. Josiah encourages me to just be, and God will make it clear in its time. And you know, my anger has gone down so much that I no longer feel the need to swear so much. <laughs> and while I don't have a problem with an occasional drink, I don't feel the need to now. My anxiety meds had been increased twice before and still weren't cutting it, and now I feel hope that someday I will be able to get off of them, because my anxiety has gone down so much, and my depression too. I feel God is healing me. God's not done with me. The little girl inside used to be curled into a tight ball in a dark basement corner all alone, and now Jesus is with her. Jesus is with me. This mental image is continuing to evolve and change as I grow in Jesus. From a dark basement all alone, to Jesus with me, to trying to fight my way out of it, to asking Jesus to bring me out, to seeing Jesus turn on the lights down there and realizing that this dark basement is no longer dark and is a foundation being built on. It's a very powerful, evolving mental image right now in my mind. Most of all, I feel no anger from God. That is not at all how I used to picture God. I feel no anger from him for the past two years. It was a necessary part of my journey. That old religious life of mine had to die for this real relationship with Jesus to grow. Jesus met me, and this is not the same Jesus that I knew before, he is love. I will close with another song that God has really used to touch me no longer slaves. You unravel me with a melody. This is me in the night, unraveled and sobbing through worship music. You surrounded me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. My enemies are my burdens of life. Till all my fears are gone. There's so much fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Please, Jesus, take my fear. But even with fear, I don't have to be enslaved to it. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. I was an unexpected child. I came too soon. Love has called my name. Love is what I've needed all along. I've been born again to a family. My family is rejecting me, but God's family is accepting me and receiving me. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am surrounded, friends, by the arms of the Father, love. I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. Music is touching my soul while my brain fought hard. We've been liberated from our bondage, life's burdens, anxiety, depression. Were the sons and the daughters, let us sing our freedom. Freedom? I had been trying to find it. Leaving the church was supposed to give it to me but because I didn't have it while in it. But it didn't. Freedom is not through religion. Freedom is through Jesus. You split the sea. For months, nearly a year, I prayed and envisioned God parting the Red Sea I prayed for God to take us out of missionary work. Nothing panned out until we decided to just leave and move back home. So I could walk right through it. That's all I wanted. Dry land to walk through, out of my Egypt. My fears are drowned in perfect love. I just need love, real, unconditional. You rescued me, and I will stand and sing, I am a child of God. And today I can stand here and say that I am a child of God. I believe. God has helped in my unbelief. I love Jesus and he loves me. And my journey continues with him by my side. I want to thank you all for your support to me and my family the last two months since I've come back to church. I really appreciate it so much. And really thankful for the opportunity to be able to share publicly what God has been doing in my life and working through me. Thank you. God is good. <laughs> wow, thank you, Anguska. Um The gospel is not in books, <laughs> it's in people. That's amazing. I just thank you for sharing. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go offline and then thank you, God, for for Angeska's story. And it's your story. It's her story. God, thank you that you are drowning our fears in love. God, it's such a privilege to walk with people like Angeska and walk with each other and see what you're doing. Acknowledging your goodness.